Let me get a mic check from you. Check, check, one, two, three, four, five, six. Hello. Hello. I'll hold it the same place, too. There it is. Do it again. Check, check, one, no. two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there it sounds is. Sounds good. That sounds great. Good. I'll keep my hands steady. Yeah, keep them steady. Uh, yeah, because that's probably the, like, I have, like, a, a slight numbness on my left side. And uh, so I think about that sometimes when I'm holding a mic on stage. Really? Of, like, yeah, because I'm left-handed, and I don't have full power in my left hand. Hmm. Um so you'll be like, oh, so I'll be still switch. holding it? Yeah, so I'll switch hands sometimes. Huh. Just to give my left hand a little rest there. That's interesting. Are we started officially? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going. We oh, good. We're going. I'm we're here in, in Leo's master suite. <laughs> I mean, don't get it twisted that he is, he's living large in Vegas. I don't know what he says. Oh, I want to kill myself when I'm in Vegas. <laughs> no. He, he's the mayor of the hotel. <laughs> it's so nice up here. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know what? Because I so for for the listeners who don't know, uh, you know we're in Vegas. We're in Vegas. Myself yep. and Emma Willeman. Yep. Um, we're doing shows at the Comedy Cellar Rio in the Rio. There's a Comedy Cellar in New York also. Yes. And so they give us a free room. Right. And uh, but for fifty dollars more out of my pocket, I can upgrade to a much much nicer. Much nicer. Uh, too much nicer accommodations. Because you had said it was nice, but I didn't. I mean, this because the Rio is the the comedy club is great, but the Rio as a hotel I find a little depressing. And, <laughs> and I don't mind. Like I can I can my tolerance for depressing hotels is pretty high, right. so I really don't mind. Right. But like when I had someone come, <laughs> when I had a date, I went and got a room. I used my hotels tonight app, got a room somewhere else. Ooh. Because she's allergic to smoke. And yeah. so I was like, we shouldn't stay at the Rio. But I was happy to have an excuse to. But had I known about this, I would have just done the $50 upgrade. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the thing that you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to ask a lot of questions. That like, what is, what's the upgrade? What do you guys have? Uh, like, a exactly. lot of people don't know that you can't, that you can order uh, a humidifier up to your room. To what? Help. Yeah, you could order. Every in Vegas or in any hotel? 90% of hotels what? will have a humidifier. I travel all the time and I didn't know that. Yeah. And I love like travel. Like one area that I feel like I actually like am organized in is my tr- travel like points. Yeah. And like little like, I, did, I didn't know that about a humidifier. Uh, yoga mats. Nice. Um, microwaves. Uh, ironing boards. Uh, ironing boards for sure. What's the one thing that uh, there was something? Yoga crazy. mats I wouldn't need because yeah. <laughs> you can just do it on the rug. Uh, how dare you do yoga on the rug? You would do it on a mat. You're, are you that? Are you that into uh, like, it that you okay. notice a difference? Have you, listen, I, I know what I've done on the rug in hotel rooms. I right. don't want. You don't want to be doing your Zen nah, yoga in nah, there. Nah, nah. There's nothing relaxing about laying in the. Uh, the, the cell bodies of other beings. One time, <laughs> while I was in Vegas, I was trying to eat healthy, so I went to I went to Whole Foods, and I was trying to do this diet called the low FODMAP diet. Have you heard yeah, of that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was trying to do low FODMAP. You eat things that are easy to digest. I went to the Whole Foods. I got gluten-free bread and this butter that was on the diet, and it was frozen, so I put the bread and the butter were frozen, so I put it near, this is disgusting, I put it near the window so it would get the sun to like oh, heat yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And then I opened it, and I didn't put anything down, and I put the butter on the bread on the rug, and then I had it cook it in the sun from that, and then I ate it. 
And then got sick as hell. I didn't. I didn't. But I didn't realize that the whole point of low fodmap is to make good bacteria in your stomach. But I was probably eating like bad bacteria off the floor. Probably Ugh. eating. Definitely eating bad bacteria off the floor. That's yeah. That's so. What got you on the fodmap diet? Like what were? What I got on fodmap diet because I kept my, my skin just kept breaking out. Like it was like years, and then I would do antibiotics, like I would try to do everything, and I was trying to avoid taking this drug, Accutane. Yeah. You ever heard of that? I have, had, yeah. And Because the reason I wanted to avoid taking Accutane is Accutane is supposed to cause depression. And I was like, look, I don't want to, I'm already like prone to that. I don't want to, I don't want to play with fire here. If something's making me more depressed, I, not, not, I'm not even, I'm not depressed now, but I was like, I don't want to really play around with that. It's right. hard, you know, it's hard to know what's what. Sometimes, like, I'd be like, because they're like, oh, if you notice you're more depressed and you go on less Accutane, but it's like, well, I'm always kind of, like, running around. Like, it's hard to know if I'm, I won't know specifically what's the Accutane or not, so I kept avoiding it. And then I went on low FODMAP. My skin cleared up. Best skin I'd ever had. And then I ate, I was in Chicago, and I ate pizza. You're not supposed to eat dairy. And then I broke out so bad. And then even when the dairy was out of my system, I was so broken out. It was the worst skin of my life. So I ended up going on Accutane. But low FODMAP was incredible. Uh, but I gained weight on it. How much weight? About five pounds. Because I kept eating potato chips. It, so do you feel like it triggered some type of craving? Or? Good question. I don't know, actually. I didn't think of that. I don't know. You know, I think it, it, it made me, it definitely triggered... Because in the beginning, I was, like, really, like, making a point. Okay, I can eat, like, these vegetables, this, like, meat, this rice. But then if I was trying to eat on the run, if I go into a convenience store, I couldn't eat, like, 99% of the food. But you were able to eat um, Lay's potato chips because <laughs> they're easy to digest. So I was eating Lay's potato chips, like, once every other day, then once a day, then, like, twice a day. So I gained weight in my butt. You know what? That makes sense. When I was uh, vegan... And, uh, you know, I was like, at first I, I thought it was only limited to like foods and soy products. And then I found out that uh, I could eat Oreo cookies. Oh, which, which they're is, vegan? Which is terrifying because you think it's, there's dairy in there. Like, what's the white yeah. stuff? <laughs> what is the white stuff if not dairy? <laughs> you should do it. You got to do a joke about that. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah why, well. And why are they making it white? They're trying to pass it as dairy. <laughs> So I actually to this day. What is it? Sugar? I, I don't know what it is. So there's not even any eggs in it. There's not even any eggs, and they're cookies. Terrifying. That is terrifying. terrifying. No uh, butter. No butter. No eggs. No cookies. So they're clearly not even cookies. But it's, it's a, a magical it's a, it's delight a still. Uh, and but when I found out I could eat Oreo cookies, oh, mm. uh, I was like you. I was like two, then four. Yep. And I was like, is there a bigger box? Is there, does Costco sell these? Does anyone like, have any tricks for how to fit a bunch in your mouth? Is yeah. any, you are looking online, like forums? Oh, hey, so at, at my lowest of lows, uh -oh. I put them in a blender. No way. I swear to God. Were you doing it because, were you, oh, okay, with ice cream. Were you depressed when you did this or you just wanted uh, something? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly like in and out of, uh, I call them like flare ups. Yeah. Well, no, that's different. Like, all right, so, my like my depression is different because it's like no energy. Um, I don't want to do anything. I don't mm -hmm. want to get out of bed. My suicidal ideations are they feel like flare ups. I heard it described like that in the book. And I was like, that's exactly what it is, because you could literally be um, 
firing on all cylinders. Everything's great. You had a great show, great life. Uh, you ate well. You worked out. You, you laughed. You hung out with friends. And then you're like, maybe walk into your car and you just like, I just want to end it right now. That is so interesting. It's like a, it's like a flare up, and you're like, that's so interesting to me because I have pseudocidal ideation too, but I never thought of it like that because I never thought of, I haven't romanticized it in a long time. I think I, I don't. I, I that's really interesting that it would just pop up not related to depression. So it's like a whole separate it, thing. It's, a, it's an entirely... So I think that's one of the, the misconceptions is that people think I didn't that, know that. Uh, suicide ideation is is uh, a part of depression. But actually, it's... So let me separate this. The suicidal ideation, the thinking of it, has some ties to depression. Right, right. and I bet depression can often... Tr- it's like mental health and alcoholism. It's like a lot of times people in Alcoholics Anonymous have other mental health stuff going on, right. but not always, and right. that's not actually what alcoholism is. It's like, you know, a whole plethora of other things, but it, that's, it is connected often. But right, there's some overlap, right? right. However, uh, a co- the com- uh, completion of suicide is more related to manic states so hmm. that's why suicidal uh, what, yeah, why, numbers why, drop hmm. in the in this, in winter because people are more depressed in the winter, right? Uh, depressions rise. So remember, depressions lead to, uh, linked to lack of energy. That's part of it. So that you, you have so little energy, you can't even take your own life. Hmm. Like, that's how little energy you have. However, uh, right now in May, May they call the witching hour, especially now around this time because... Uh, suicide rates will spike, and um, because people have energy, there's more sun. And energy, and I didn't know this. And also, I'm wondering. I remember when I was in um, like eighth grade, high school, even a little bit of college. I was really uncomfortable with my body, mm-hmm. and like I was, I was chubby in eighth grade. But there was something about summer where it was like you're supposed to be happy. Like where it's like in winter you've got you can commiserate more. Oh, it's winter, everyone's depressed, even you know if it's something else. And then in summer everyone's happy, and you're like, but I'm not happy. And then I wonder if that makes because I remember being like, oh no, like I'm uncomfortable, and everyone's gonna want to be at the beach, and like everyone else is happy, but I'm not happy. So now I can really tell something's wrong with me. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it too. Absolutely, I want to hibernate in the summer. Yeah, you still I, do. I still do, and I want to run the streets in the winter. Hmm. However, um, I found the balance of... That's why I go hiking so much, because it's not so much that I really want to hide in the summer. I just don't want to be around a lot of people. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? I know exactly like, what you I mean. Just, I, yeah. I just don't... But do you ever want to be around a lot of people? Um, yeah, you know, because... I used to more. Before I started doing comedy, I used yeah. to more. And I, I definitely, like, genuinely enjoy people. Like, I'm interested in other people. I love hearing other people's stories. Like I'm really interested in other people, but I've, I I'd be interested if you identify as this. I'm a extroverted introvert because I actually recharge from more solo time. Right, absolutely. So I definitely like so being around people. That's like my snack. Like, <laughs> but my my time to myself, solitude. Right. That's my main meal. You know what I mean? And so uh, for most of the day, I need to be doing my own thing, by myself, writing. Amen. But I like to be in public places mm-hmm. sometimes. So, like, coffee shops. I love being around people but not having to interact with them. Yep. I love uh, hotel lobbies for that same hmm. reason because 
there's an energy, there's a flow. So I, I need that. I need right. to feel the presence of people and the energy of people, but I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I just don't ask me for anything. So like going to a club or something would be your idea of hell. Like going to a club to like go partying. Uh, I, so. Because <laughs> I hate that. So what's crazy is I, if I do go to a club, I'm there for no longer than an hour. Me too. Tops. I like to go in, dance my ass off, right. have a couple of drinks, and then get out of there. Totally. Yeah. I, I'll say hi. I'll talk to some people. Or if like if it's like if I'm dating someone, I'm like, okay, there's certain things that will probably be hard. You know, my schedule can be tricky, but like I always try to like contextualize that. Like I'll make the time to like get to know someone and be in a relationship with someone every way I can. But I'm like, okay, there's definitely you know I'm. In my head a lot. I can be impulsive. These are the can be the flaws. One of the pros is I promise you <laughs> I will do well at your fucking Christmas party, and I promise you your friends are gonna like me. And you can't say that right up top too much. You have to because if you say that, that's not likable. If you say, "Look, I'll be likable," then you're or you can't. If you say, "I'll be charming," then they're like, "Then that's not charming." So I just have to say I can guarantee. I'll even sometimes not say it. And like this past Christmas, I went with my girlfriend at the time to her family's thing and she was like wow like they really they liked you and it's like added points because if it's like gay and some of them seem homophobic i'm like that's what i do (laughs) like i can be i can really i've had so many i was thinking about that this morning i dated someone from also named emma and she was from rwanda survived Mm -hmm. the rwandan genocide and all her other cousins that had made it through the genocide were living in boston and they hadn't her cousins didn't have a lot of experience around other gay people. And she's like, I want you to meet, go to this family event with me as the first girl any of them have ever met. These are refugees from the Rwanda genocide. I was like, ooh, this is going to be a tough crowd. And after that went well, I was like, I can really turn it on for an hour. If I had been there for two hours, they would have been like, fuck that. You know what I mean? But like, I can, if I go in and get out, I'm good, but I'm drained and then I need to like sit. When I was in college, I would uh, I wouldn't go out to the nightclubs until one o'clock because mm. I knew they closed at two. Right, and I was like, "That's all I need, guys. I don't I don't need to get here at ten. Right, and be partying and mingling and and all that. I'm just SWAT team operation. Get in, get out, and uh, and I think that's what it is. Is like it's beautiful that you've learned that because a lot of people don't realize that they have a time limit. Have a t- I feel bad sometimes though because I feel like my time limit can feel selfish. Like if I was dating someone, and it was her birthday, and then like I went out, but then they it was like a weekend where her and her friends were all out together all the time, and I like the last night they were all going to a cl- we we had dinner, and then I had something, and then they were all going out to a club, and it was like I couldn't do it. Like I should have probably just like pushed through and then like you're doing this for someone else, it's not about you. I literally couldn't do it. I just walked around a hotel lobby actually. A bunch, and then I was like, I have to go up to bed. Yeah, uh, but see, here's my thing: is I think it's more selfish to stay longer because you, you don't want Leo Flowers at two hours <laughs> or one minute. You want me at like one fifty. You turn into like a gremlin or something. At, at like I, I become, <laughs> yeah, I become very irritable. Yeah. All of a sudden, I be, I'm like, I'm irritable. I'm agitated. I'm bored. Yep. I want to start flipping stuff over. Uh, I could start drinking too much. I'm gonna start saying the wrong. Yeah, not I don't say wrong thing. I'm gonna say start saying some inappropriate. I'm gonna start like trying to liven this thing up. And then you know? the juxtaposition between how you were and that, absolutely. But also it makes you feel kind of like a crazy person. Too. Absolutely. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, that's enough, guys. Right. And, um, but what I also do is I tell them up front. I go, look, I, I gotta, I can't stay long. Mm. I, I'm gonna be there for an hour or two hours, and then I gotta 
I gotta go. It just makes me feel good. I, like, my favorite movie was, uh, or still is, is uh, Heat. And there's a scene in there with Robert Sandra De Niro, uh, uh, Al Pacino. So a heist movie. Bank, right. Bank I Robert. love heist movies. And uh, um, there's a scene where I think it's Pacino De Niro says, never walk into a situation you can't walk out of in 30 seconds. And, uh, and that's how I look at everything. I go, all right, what's my 30 seconds here? Is it, uh, is it 90 minutes? Is it like, right. how do I get out? You know? So that's how I feel sometimes about because I was supposed to move in with somebody and it's different, obviously, if you're moving in with someone because that's not like going to an event. But what's the equivalent of like, do you still need I feel like you're ready to move in if you don't need to calculate that out or you're ready to like be with someone or do something more seriously when that's when it becomes part of your recharge space and not like an event or a thing that you're at. Right. You know? oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You're not looking for the out. You're just right. like. Hey, let's just see what happens, you know. Um, yeah, because I did the I, I did the Grand Canyon, and that was like, ah, uh, I that's why I physically like to. Put oh, you couldn't in get out. Yeah, couldn't get out. Couldn't get out. Once you're in, you're in. Right. I mean, yeah, you could turn around, but I don't have that in my. I'm not wired to turn around. Were you by yourself? I was, and uh, and uh, horrible decision. You should always. <laughs> Is, is, that's when you go. Oh, I should. I should. I should be around people. I should have people but, around. Me. But do you think if you went with people, you would have gotten annoyed at them? Uh, oh yeah, because so I, I went hiking and uh, by myself. But also because I have personality, uh, I was talking to some people and they're like, "We want to keep hiking with you." And right. I was like, "Oh shit!" Man, I just want to push you guys off the cliff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, of course you do, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah. professional. That's right. <laughs> but it only lasts for 15 minutes at a time. <laughs> it's very complicated. So we we start hiking, and then, of course, you know, for about another 15 minutes, this is great, this is great. And I was just like, ah, oh, screw these people. But we hike three times the amount of distance I had intended to hike. From oh, wow. So I didn't bring enough food or water or rations Uh-oh. or anything. You're going to have to eat them. So now I got to eat them. So right. now I'm, I'm literally eating all their food. And while I go, this is <laughs> like, what you get for going with Leo <laughs> Flowers. This is your fault that I got to eat all your stuff. They're like, we fucking yeah. hate this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is his MO. And I slowed them down coming back because they were in such great shape. Like the one kid, his father climbed Mount Everest. Oh, and then Jesus. the girl was like, she worked for Under Armour. And was like training all the time, uh. and I was just like, "Just go ahead, just, just leave me." And they're like, "We can't leave you." And I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful." Where were they from? Uh, not New York or LA. Not New York. One guy was from. Uh, he was over. He was European. I, the, the young kid. He was like nineteen, and then the girl was from. Uh, I want to say New York or wherever. Under Armour has their uh, main. I'm surprised because that's really not a New York thing. Being like, "We're not leaving without you." You know I, what I mean? Well, they would have been I think like, there was the peer pressure of. The nineteen-year-old kid was also there, and he wasn't going to leave. Right, Be- and it was because he had he had um, he had back problems, and I I literally like fixed his back. In Whoa, two seconds. how'd you do that? So he felt like indentured, or is indentured, in- indebted, indebted to me. Yeah, um, and then the girl was like, "Well, I can't leave you if the guy's like she she could feel the, like the guy yeah. was like I'm dying with you, you know? right? Um, but uh, yeah, it's just these exercises that. Um, that I, I've like recently learned that like I do before I get on a plane, before I get in a car. I was just talking to Louis Katz, who uh, also is doing the shows yep. with us here in Rio, and he's like, "Leo, you got to make a, a video um, 
for comedians who who travel a lot, but it, of course, would be applicable to anybody mm. who travels a lot. You know, absolutely. And a lot of people do travel a lot. Yeah, I think that because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I feel bad about my schedule. And I remember I was talking to this comedian. I mean, a comic named. I was talking to this comic, and he talked about how this ex-girlfriend apologized to him. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry that I was always so hard on you on your schedule. My husband now is in business development, and he travels like three to four days a week. And it is what it is, but I'm not – I don't get irritated at it in the same way. For some reason, when it was you, like a comedian doing it, it bothered me. And I was like, yeah, I think that a lot. Like my sister and her husband both work in advertising. They're married. They have kids now. But before they had kids, it was like – he played on three sports teams for fun. She was busy a lot. They probably didn't even see each other that much. But because they were both just there, it didn't seem the same type of agitation as what seems to flare up when someone's... Maybe it's just that's because what I know. But it seems like there'll be something about, oh, you're going out again tonight. Or maybe it's because it changes all the time. I don't know. Yeah, I think one is... People still don't really respect. Or they don't the craft. think of it as a job, right? And I made that very clear. I'm like, just so you know, I'm not having any fun. If that if that fucking makes you feel better, I'm not out having fun. Sometimes I am. Like I have more fun doing podcasts or stuff like this than doing stand up. Sometimes I mean, I really I I don't know. It's 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 hit or miss the fun there, but it's always especially like the going out at night. I'm like, it's not it's not like I'm doing this because I want... To. It's like it's like it's a tricky dance with it, and people don't usually seem to get that. They they don't, and I think there's still so much um, unknown about stand-up. Like you, right. You would think with all the podcasts and uh, TV shows and things like that, like there's a respect for music, but comedy is just like... I think because a lot of people think that you're either funny or you're not. Right. So it's like, why no, do you no. Have to sit down right. to, to practice. What do you mean? You have to write or, or yep. you know, get on stage. You're, you're like, it's either funny or you're not, right? Everything That's you say a good is point. Funny. Right. And so uh, I think it's, it's that idea that is more natural than, and so. I was trying to say that to someone the other day, they, they were like, they they said something they're like good 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 set or something out and I don't know why I threw myself on a bus like this I was like look I would hope and pray that if you practiced ten minutes of what you're saying uh you know f- for seven hundred hours you could look pretty funny for that ten minutes too and they were like uh okay thank you you know what I mean right, but then I was right. like because it's like yeah you you know you practiced it a whole bunch but that's not to say you don't have to be funny to do it too and like all these things that go into it. Now, you said you don't have fun doing it. Why is that? Is it just because you, you feel like it's more work or? But you know, well, you know what I realized? I have fun. I do have fun. Because I, okay, I went on a, this is one thing with dating that I always have a hard time when they ask, oh, what do you do for fun? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I do have fun. Like, this is fun. I, I love being in Vegas. If someone was like, how do you like Vegas? I'm like, oh, I love Vegas. And I have fun with the shows, but I'm not like, I also don't think of it as, I think of fun. Fun for me isn't, like, because even if I'm, like, especially right now, I'd say, even if I'm kind of stressed out about stuff, this is the most I've almost ever liked my life. Like, in some weird way, I'm kind of, like, feeling better than I almost ever have, even though there's tons of, like, unknowns and all that stuff. But it's, like, the fun is, like, intermixed with everything. So it's hard. Fun and not fun are all intermixed into just one ball of life. I'm just grateful I'm not feeling despair or anger, because to me, despair is the worst. But to pinpoint the fun... I had this is a glimpse of fun I had. I did a boxing class, and the instructor was this little Italian guy, and he was 
he was bouncing a ball between me and him to try to learn rhythm. And he didn't seem like socialized, like normal, like American guy. And I say that because he was so comfortable with being like, he'd be like he was like, and now Emma, now we must dance together. You and I must dance. And he kind of took me and spun me around. If you see a picture of me, I'm, I'm kind of androgynous. And I feel like an American guy maybe wouldn't have not just done it to me, maybe wouldn't have even done it to any woman in this like me too time because right. he just grabbed me and spun me around. So I started like laughing. And then I had to do a, a pull-up on this thing. I couldn't reach it. He goes, oopsie-daisy, I got you. And I was like, this motherfucker's about to pick me up right now. Picks me up like a little kid and puts me on the thing. He goes, pop, pop, there you go. And I was like, that was fun to me because it was so fucking weird. And I just started like laughing. And I was like, so I'll have moments of fun, but it's not like, and same with comedy, I'll have moments of fun on stage. Right. But then it's not like front to, I'm not like going to go in being like, this is going to be fun. Right, because you're, because you're, you're, because you have expectations and there's a plan. Right. And the, really the fun comes from the moments that you didn't plan for that go exactly exceed your expectations. But that's hard to say on a date. Right. And I'm, that question always stumps me. Because a, a girl just asked me literally yesterday, I think. She said, so what do you do for fun in New York? And I, I said, you know, I like going to the chiropractor. That's fun for me. I see, I'll get dinner with a friend every now and then. And she goes, oh, where do you guys go? Are you guys like foodies? And I was like... No, just like a diner sometimes near where like my friend work. Like it doesn't sound fun when I'm saying it, but you know it's fun, bitch. What, what's all the questions? Yeah, well, you know, because I think that we we associate fun with uh, I'm skydiving. Ooh, that sounds exactly. Fun. I'm uh, uh I'm racing cars or I'm going to Vegas. Right, that sounds fun. But really, the fun is in um, our social connection. Exactly, like the, the interpersonal because. You could be going to Paris, and that sounds fun. But if Not you're have fun. going with someone that you hate, it could be. I remember when I went to. I was well. I remember when I was going to Dubai, uh, not Dubai, Pakistan. There was a couple. Have you been to Dubai too? At, uh, the layover was in Dubai. Wow. Uh, that airport is insane. There's like gyms, hotels. Like I've I never bet. seen anything like it. There's like a, it. a hotel in the airport. There's a hotel. There's like two hotels in the airport. There's wow. a spa. Uh, jacu- like I, I, I like I got in the jacuzzi. I, I was. I was well taken care of. You I were having good. fun? I was having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so the, there, was this, there was this couple next to me, and uh, and the guy was sitting in the middle, and then a girl had the window seat. And I was like, that's strange. I was like, I don't know a lot of guys who would take the middle seat. Sure. Even if he loves his girl, like they would have to sit in separate rows, you know? I would give the girl the middle, the more girl one the middle. I mean, no, I'll give the girl the if you if it's the first year of the relationship, I probably give the more feminine one. The I, a lot of times if I'm flying with a girlfriend, all and I always you know plan ahead with the travel, so I get the middle seat, and then she gets to fucking. I'll give her the I'll give her the seat that she prefers. Right, but then I, I'm kind of annoyed. Right, I would like I would do the same thing, but I could, there's no way I could take the middle seat. Right, like, I would have to sit. True. like you you want the you could have the window, but I'm sitting behind. Right. You. Or I'll take the if I I'll take the aisle seat if that's available. Right, but I, I'm not taking the middle seat. You're ta- uh, very big. Too. Yeah, there's 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 You're, there's no I don't love any anyone that much. It's lo- <laughs> <laughs> it's logistically so, weird. I can wiggle into that middle seat and not like it. For you, that would be a physical endeavor. Yeah, it would yeah. just be like this is and, and I I get up and it way would look too weird often too. to stretch and use right. the bathroom. It just yeah, it's not a good look. If people would see you and be like, poor yeah. planning, huh? Right, right. Yeah. Other comics get on like, oh, I guess his career is not going well. Yeah. Like, it just it just says something about your life overall. Right, like, like in the middle, your average. Uh, nah, yeah, I you didn't plan it. right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Did you just book these today? Right, all right. Motherfucker, it was last minute. And they're like, yeah, none of us were thinking about you, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah. 
the uh, but the couple next to me, uh, you could feel the tension off of them, and I couldn't tell what it was. Mm. And uh, you know, the, the girl she had her headphones on. She she was wrapped up. She had her pillow up against the window already before he even took took off. And the guy is like, he keeps looking over at her, like, I can't believe that you like walled me out already because she got her blanket on, like she's going to sleep for sure. And and he's just like, oh, and he's like, I could feel him like puffing and and anxious. And then finally, like he taps her and he's like, what's up? Like, and then she's like, what? Like she took her headphones off, like with an attitude, like what? And he's like, I, I do all this for you, and, and like you just, you just gonna like, you know. So you called what was going on before call, he spoke. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And now I'm loving this. Like right. this is gonna be the this is gonna be the shortest flight to Dubai from yep. LA. Best in flight yeah. entertainment. <laughs> like my TV's not on. Yeah. I, did, I took my I cut my headphones off. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. I want to hear every right. bit. Right. You're of like, did the airline on. set this up just for me? I mean, oh my god. <laughs> And uh, and she's like, what? He's like, yo, babe, I do all this for you. I bought, you know, I'm taking you out there. She's like, and? And I was like, ooh. And then then she put her headphones back on and leaned back against the window. Bitch. And he's just Now, that's a bitch. She should have said, and I appreciate it, and I'm grateful. And done some, all you need to do is do some fucking sexual innuendo at the end that he's going to get a blowjob. That's what you have to do. (laughs) You have to do some innuendo, and you're going to get hit back for this. And I can't wait. Rub his leg. Rub his leg. A little something. Thank you. Yeah. She's like, when I was feeling a little tired, I had a long, something to Anything. Right. Nothing. She was just like, ugh. Fucking bitch. And so he grabbed, and he was an actor, so I, you know, I, I saw him, like, studying his script. And, but he clearly, he was trying to memorize lines. But you know how, like, you're you're reading something, but you're not really reading it. You're just trying to distract yourself. Right. From what it is. And so he's doing that whole thing. So then the girl I was dating at the time, I called her up. And I was like, what's up, what's up, girl? What's up, baby? You know, and I'm like, you know, I love you so much. You're so important to me. And like, I'm just like laying it on, whatever. And it's I can so nice see. to be in a good relationship yeah. where I feel respected. Right. So now I'm the jerk. Right. <laughs> so you guys hadn't even taken off yet. We haven't even taken off uh. yet. All oh, this is going on. And oh, man. So, I mean, I don't know what happened. We get to Dubai. They don't actually have any flirts, but they don't talk at all mm. for the entire flight. And I, I, I was just, it was, and I, I of course, it's, it's not a good thing, you know. I, I wish well for them, but at the sure. same time, it made that trip so right short to Thank feel you. the energy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. You have a girlfriend, right? Or are you dating? Or what's I'm your, dating. Yeah, you're dating. Dating. Is now how is that tough? Is it tough? I mean, you're a comedian. How old are you? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. My longest relationship, two years. Which is not that long. Not that long. And I don't know what my problem is. So this is what I this is what I think. Maybe different things that could be affecting it. One, my parents had an awful divorce. Brutal. Like drawn out, lots of like like chaos. And I, I grew up in a very chaotic environment because I was always going between their two houses. And then I decided to live with my dad, my sister lived with my mom. We were always very well taken care of in terms of like anything we could want, like financially. You know, like go to very comfortable in that regard. But but it was it was a lot of chaos, and then my dad had this fucking crazy girlfriend from like I think it was like eighth grade through twelfth grade. So I was used to just living in this like chaotic environment and kind of like resenting women a little bit because I would just I had this awful stepmom. And then in college, I had a lot of good girlfriends, and then that's when I had the two year relationship. Other than that, my relationships cap out at about a year. I've got the I do the three month killing it, six month. Eh, eh. I get it's the same thing. You know, but what, now I'm in therapy, 
and I'm trying to like learn my patterns. And I was single for a couple years too, but it's it's I'm trying to learn my patterns to not recreate them because for a long time I would just try to like win someone over and then instead of paying attention if I like them or they give me what I need I didn't even value myself enough to think oh will this person do any of the things like there'd be women I'd be dating it'd be like I almost like worked for them because I would just be like molding myself to whatever it seemed like they wanted not thinking like what do I need and then once I felt like they really wanted to be in a relationship and all that then I'd be like wait I don't even like this person we have nothing in common they're a shitty girlfriend like so I'm trying to totally just break that pattern how are, how are you how are you doing that? Well, it's day one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I feel like I, I trying do to be the more aware on some levels, uh, even with my stand up where hmm. I was just talking to Louie Katz about that, where um, you know, I go, you know, I never really have a, a hard time with audiences, but that's because I, I keep adapting to the audience. Yeah. Versus just going up there with my thing and what I really want to say. And I've gotten better at that now. I but relate to that 100%. To right? And, well, it's that, see, that's a tough call. I, I, I don't, like, I, someone said the other day, they were like, I think, because I was like, oh, whenever I'm in a certain place, like, I'll, I'll change what I'm saying. Like, if it seems like they're much more, like, conservative or whatever, not, not in a way that's a lie, but, like, I'll, like, be like, I'll do really soft stuff up top or stuff I've done a bunch before because the other stuff is, like, a little edgier. And then someone was like, well, why don't you just do what you need to do and then some people will hate it, and then the people that like it will like it. And I was like, yeah, in theory, that was exactly right. But I don't, I'm not at that, I don't know, I'm not quite there yet, you know? What do you mean, there? Like, that point where it's like, I could just go up and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing, and I don't care where this place is, and how the show is for these people. Like, I'm just gonna be true to where I'm at right now. Instead, now I'll try to really adapt what I'm doing to, like, fit what the audience seems to be like in, in Vegas, I'll do a lot more of my, I don't do my jokes about being from a small town. I don't really do anymore. I, I actually can't, I don't even think I've done the, these particular small town jokes in like two years, but in Vegas, I do them a lot because it's very palatable. Like it's very like, Oh, I'm from the small town. Like dum, 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 dum. Right. And so I'm, is it beneficial for me to do that? No, I've done those jokes. They're on Colbert. Like, they're out. There's not, there's no point really in me doing them other than I just think this particular audience will like them. So that is kind of my detriment. It's not productive, you know, for me. But I'm just, I could be working on other stuff that's also palatable, but instead I'm just doing, like, it feels a little safer to try to do that. So do you feel like then you're, you're also been playing it safe in your relationships then? Right. Yeah, I think I had been in terms of playing it safe in terms of like not saying like what I would want in someone. But like I had been with I've been in a couple really good relationships. I don't know why I get really scared about being with the exact same person day in and day out. I mean, because I'm trying to think like I was with someone who is a therapist and she was really a great, 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 great girlfriend. Uh, But she really wanted to like the timeline of stuff. It was like. We were together. I was away. She wanted me to move in. I moved in. I couldn't do it. We started going to therapy. It was like all this stuff in under a year. And I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, end, I ended up ending it. But, because I would like to be in a long-term relationship someday. I almost can't even picture being in one longer than a couple years. But I would like to. So I, I would say it's hard. It's not necessarily hard to meet people. But it is hard for me to be in a long relationship. But I don't think that's the comedy. I think that's just my 
approach to relationships. Yeah, because you said you grew up in a chaotic household. Mm -hmm. Uh, Violent? Not violent, but just like chaotic because I had this like, it was like my sister was with my mom. I was with my dad. My brother was with his mom. Um, My that stepmom I had was there was just like a lot of like. And it, for a while, I was really moving between my two parents. So it just didn't feel like a comfortable, safe space. So I was used to that. So, like, I don't even know if I've lived. The longest place I've lived at a Maine, I had an apartment in Harlem for, like, two years. Like, I'm even, I'm moving, I, I move pretty regularly. Or I'll, like, not really prioritize my living space. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'll live there. That works for right now. And now I need to have a space where it's like I do feel safe and comfortable, but I haven't been like, oh, and I'll stay there for 10 years because I've kind of sought out a career where it's like, well, this could change or maybe I'll need to move to L.A. or there's always like a trap door out. It's like the idea of if you were like, Emma, you're going to live in this house for 10 years. I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I'm not I'm stunted. Like, what does it mean? But that's not what that means at all. So I don't know why I'm so averse to the idea of like stability, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, because the Billy doesn't feel uh, comfortable, comfortable for you. It's exactly. Not, you're not used to it. You're, you know, you're used to chaos. Right. It's just like, you know, the, the, the military guys who come back from war. Totally. It's too quiet. I had right. A, I, had a, um, I was talking to a guy who uh, served in the military, and he wasn't, even, he wasn't even active duty as in, like, he didn't actually fight. He was just a support. He played as, not just, but he played a supporting role. Right. And... But he was still, like, traveling but, a lot. But he was still traveling, and he was still around. Like, he mm-hmm. hear the shooting and the bombings and, and things like that. And so to come back here where it's so quiet, you know, even if even New York City to him was quiet compared to what was what he was around, um, he actually, Absolutely. and he couldn't sleep. So uh, his therapist, and, I mean, this is a genius, said, why don't you find an apartment next to a train station? Hmm. And now he sleeps like a baby. Wow. Because that constant noise, that, right. nerd, that you know. And so it, it's, uh, I, you know, I always emphasize to listeners that, like, it's not so much about getting rid of something. It's about how do you, how do you, how do you recognize what it is? And then how do you work with it so that it doesn't continue to, uh, you know, disable you? Have it be in the most productive way possible. Right. Because that's something that can be workable and not and you know now like I don't drink or smoke or do any or like and I try to like eat pretty healthy and if I want to like numb out and just get out of my head or something then now I'll like really be like okay why like what happened like what's going on so I don't really create chaos in that way but it does there are a lot of like the yeah like because in some ways me being able to being comfortable with chaos has like people, people are like, oh, don't you mind traveling? Or, like, how do you deal with, like, the rejection of entertainment stuff or, like, getting something and then getting rejected and all this stuff? I think that because I was around that growing up, that's what makes it more comfortable. Is that for better or worse? I don't know. But it probably helped me feel okay trying to pursue entertainment stuff. So I would imagine then once the, a relationship felt, did feel safe and comfortable, that your, your way of creating chaos was breaking up. Yes, that's right. yeah, that's what the I mean, that's true. But then I'll think about it. I'm like, but just because that's tr- that is true, but doesn't mean that those ones were the right ones for me to be with. Right, Absolutely. But yes, definitely. Like, I mean, but the two I'd say the two where they felt the most comfortable breaking up. I mean, where they felt the most comfortable in a lot of ways 
were also the two where they were like, I don't know, the sex stuff didn't click as much. So it's got to be, there's got to be like a hybrid of like approaching like, you know, want to, because, or, because I feel like my schedule could work, be okay with the right person. Like if they have to travel a lot or with one of them that did have a very like normal schedule, it really was okay. Cause she was like, I've got a lot of friends that I like to spend time with. That was okay. But I think I like had more of a priority on wanting to have a more sexual relationship than she did. Uh, yeah. A more physical relationship. Yeah. That's Absolutely. important to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's something. I mean, the oxytocin, the endorphins, it's a way of communication. People 100%. The physical. 100%. Because it, what it was, too, is like we were like really like working on stuff, going into therapy. But then we, I realized I was like, we haven't had sex for four months. Now, I was away for a lot of it, but no sex texting, no phone sex. Like, this is to me, I can guarantee if we had been having sex semi regularly in that. Of course, you have sex way less after you've been with a person for a while. Sure. But. I need that chemical exchange. Like I'm, and girl, I'm definitely more like a stereotypical man with that. Because women will be like, "Well, I need to feel safe and comfortable," and da 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 da. And it's like, okay, sure, but don't downplay the importance of that physical connection and desire in the rest of the relationship. You know what I mean? It, it's so huge. You know, um, it's huge. It's it's massive because I think people. I think why people downplay it is they think that the sexual connection is just something is just limited to the bedroom. Right. And it's like you said, no, it's no. about how we text each other. Are yes. we playful? Right. Do we, are we cracking jokes? Desire. Uh, desire. Flirting. Are you a little flirting? Are you doing a little Wanting to someone to feel recognized, too. Absolutely. Like, you want someone. And it gets hard. And after a while, it's like, yeah, the more someone's around you, knows you, and they're going to see you do, like, gross things that they wouldn't see you do in the beginning. So that's why now I'm like, okay, it is important to, like, really try to, like, still be, like, a little mysterious to your partner. Yeah, yeah. Don't be don't be pooping with the bathroom door. Don't open. be doing that. <laughs> but I was do when I was in a relationship for a year. The most recent time, I was doing like gross stuff. Like I was like, I like if I'm alone, I'll like eat with my hands a lot. Yeah. And I hadn't really realized that, but she started making comments. She's like, "You have the worst table manners ever," and that didn't used to be a problem. But I'm alone. I was just like so used to being alone and then comfortable with it. I'm like, you're right. I do have fucking bad table manners. So next time, next relationship, I got to keep my table manners good. Yeah. <laughs> I got to keep, be, you know what I mean? No more making peanut butter. You're going to go, oh, but I was making peanut butter jelly sandwiches with my hands. <laughs> what? Yeah. You were spreading the peanut butter with yeah. your hands? <laughs> yeah. It's hard enough to spread it with a knife and you use it. I like the feeling of the texture. I, I feel like an animal. Like I feel like, you know, in, I feel like it's like, uh, you know, so what back you in the olden days. So you uh, pottery. You are, you, oh my God. Do you know a comedian named Joe Firestone? I don't. Okay, she's a comic in New York, and I did this, we were doing something, and the way I was, I was eating gum, and then she asked about, like, my table manner, so I don't know how I was eating this gum. <laughs> and I said something about the, the peanut butter with my hands, and then she said, have you thought of pottery? And I thought that was such a brilliant association that she made, and then you just made, too, because, yeah, you're right. It's molding stuff with your hand. And when at first she said it, I was kind of like, it took me back. I didn't get it. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was talking to a com like comic, and he, he was like, that was such a brilliant connection. It was just like you did, too. It was like, you should do pottery. Well, you know, it, it doesn't have to be limited to pottery because, of course, it's not mobile and you travel so much. Get but some it could putty be, or uh, something. Uh, 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 not stitching. Was it croquet? 
What was yeah, it crocheting. Crocheting. Yeah. That doesn't have. That has to be a little bit more orderly. There's something about pottery or peanut butter. Uh, the oh, pe- you, you know, the splat, texture. splat, splat. Yeah. Yeah. It can get it with crocheting. If you mess it up, it's you can see. Right. You know, because I used to crochet as a kid, but it's like so. Yeah, because pottery is more mm-hmm. of a, a controlled chaos. You can. Yeah. Because even if you mess it up, you just mold it back Smitten. in and start it all over again. Exactly. Yeah, or even buy you some clay. I should get some kind of like putty. Some of that Play-Doh. That, that right. Play-Doh. Putty, squishy yeah. thing. Because next time around, I really do. I need to keep my table manners <laughs> good. I have to do everything on my end so the sex is still like, you know, I don't want to get in another one of these situations. Well, I, I think that I think the lie that people tell is, uh, or that we've been told is that, in a relationship, you should be completely uh, open and vulnerable and share everything about you. Right. But Maybe don't. But maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't do you everything. Know, and yeah. I think that comes out of a lack of trust. It's like trust is not about sharing everything about yourself. Trust is saying that, like, even the parts you don't share, I know is for a good reason. Yeah. And, and I trust you enough to where it's kind of like, if I ask you where you're going, you say, I can't tell you. Trust is saying, I don't need you to tell right. me. Right, yeah. Because I know that you're not, I trust that you're right. not doing anything. Right, uh, you're going to go get a wart removed that you don't want to tell yeah, me about. Yeah, yeah, And of course, if you did want to talk about it, I'd be okay and support that. Absolutely. But we're, it's like kind of trying to minimize the things. Or like for me, you know, I think me being like really disorganized or disheveled after a while in a relationship, it'd be like... I could see the girls getting like annoyed. I'm always like losing my keys or whatever. So now, and then that, then it makes you seem like less of a like prime sexual candidate. <laughs> prime sexual. You know? Candidate. So I have to make it so I know where my keys are more. I have to be on it. So then, because especially if, if you're the, supposed to be the more masculine one in the relationship, they don't want to be more submissive to someone who doesn't have their shit together. Right. So that I have to it's have. Like you can't find your keys. How are you going to find me if I get lost in the wilderness? Exactly. Yeah, all, all that stuff. Tough, yeah, stuff. exactly. Like the gatherer the stuff. fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now I need to make it so I'm a prime sexual candidate. Now, because you, you are the man one. That's right. You said, in, yeah. in your relationships. And, uh, and you, I know it's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's Emma quoting a, me saying it. He's not. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but did you know that from the beginning, or was that something you had to explore? I kind of knew. Like that's a. I kind of knew. It was just okay. like always what I was attracted to. But the very first girlfriend I had in college was kind of like androgynous, but I just didn't know. Oh, she was so nice. One of the best girlfriends too, because a lot of times the more ma- male ones, you know, it's like the more. It'd be, you know, it's like, you know, not to be totally on PC, like if you're like the pretty feminine girls, like don't have to be as like nice sometimes. So the more man one, you know, if you deviate from societal norms, like you got to come swinging in the personality department more. Right. So I was with the very first girl I was with, but that's only because I could t- like I didn't even know. And then I remember seeing these like feminine lesbian, feminine girls. And one of them was really hot. And someone was like, oh, she's dating da da da. I remember being like, she's a lesbian. And then it was over. Then it was feminine. No, I, no hint. I don't want a hint of masculinity. <laughs> no fucking sup. None of that. You know, no, 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 no. I don't like that at all. I just don't find it attractive. You know, people ask, oh, would you date another comedian? No. Because the thing is, some comedians can still be very feminine and do comedy, you know. Right. But, but not the gay ones that I've seen. Right. Actually, that's not true. I did see a gay one that was still very feminine the other day. But I think I just wouldn't date a comedian for other reasons. But normally the act of comedy is very, like, 
but I think actually that's changing. I think now there's like a whole school of like, you know, feminine, funny women too. I, I, yeah, I think you know, vulnerability seems to be the the catch all. And yes, totally. See, uh, more comics like you got like Ron Funches who right. You know, he's talking about things that he loves. He's like, oh, I want to talk about totally. I, hate. I just want to talk about things that I love. Right. Yeah, I forgot about man. I used to. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a long time. But yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. He's lost a lot of weight. and yep. Gotten it together. Was that was that easy for you to um, have that conversation with your parents or your? Because you're from a small town. Small I town in Maine. It was easy to have it with my mom, and it, it was actually pretty easy to have with both of my. It, it was easy to have with both my parents. My mom was really surprised for some reason. She was like, "What? I can't believe it!" And I was like. Why? Like, I always was like, you know, all my friends when I was growing up were boys. Like, I had this friend, Brett, and he would have sleepovers, and then mom would be like, okay, only boys can sleep over, and Emma. Like, it would be the boys' night, and she'd be like, oh, you know, it's only boys, and then I would also be there, and she'd be like, well, and of course Emma, too. Like, you know what I mean? Because it was just, like, something going on where I was like, okay, clearly... You know, nothing's gonna go. Nothing's on. going on. Like it's, <laughs> and then we would just like all stay up and watch movies, and it was fine. But so I was surprised. My and I was like, I was always like, you know, Peter Pan as a for Halloween and stuff. And my mom was like, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought it was, I don't know. And so she was surprised, shocked. She was shocked. But then, then it was pretty like. I mean, she's probably the biggest advocate now for being like i just want you to be in a relationship with someone that's nice and calm you know when the therapist and i broke up she was like she was like i'm sad that i'm just sad that you're not with somebody that because i think she saw her as someone who was just like a calming force yeah which i get i mean i have to be able to calm myself down too which i'm getting better at i think relationships with another person are like your final frontier of your relationship with yourself because it's kind of like how you relate to yourself and can be to yourself. The next person closest to you is going to be the most privy to that internal dialogue and then how you communicate with them. So you've got to have a pretty good baseline, I think, before you can engage with someone else. But the therapist used to say, she was like, actually, no, you should still be able to be someone even when you're at your worst. That's what why you have a partner to like float yeah, you. Yeah, because that's how you, you grow. You, know? right. uh, you can't really evolve alone. And that's why, you know, isolation, isolating yourself, you know, people do the opposite, actually, of what they should be doing when they feel ashamed, embarrassed, uh, overwhelmed, uh, and that they... Yeah, don't isolate, because it's always worse, too, in your Absolutely. head. Absolutely. And even if it's, like, go to a support group or something, like, there's so many fucking support groups, but like, like, really, like, anything. Like, once you kind of get it out, you're going to absolutely feel better, because you're not alone, no matter how... No matter how weird it is, it doesn't even have to be a support group for yourself either. Mm. It, it could be a, a support because, at the crux of it, all the be like if you're uh, an alcoholic, if you're uh, if you have a food issue, a sex, uh, all the stories resonate the same. Right? You know, it's like you are doing uh, your your behaviors out of control. And it's destroying your life. Yeah, your life that, is that, unmanageable, so you right. need to find a way, yeah, a power greater than yourself, yeah. which can mean almost anything. Yeah. It could mean other people or God or whatever to help bring it back. And a big part of staying you know, sober in those groups is doing things for other people, too. So if you were like, go do something else for someone else, which I've been thinking about, where I was like, I got to start doing more to like give back in a more like structured way. Yeah, I bought a plant. You- <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I was like, I got to be... I gotta be thinking about how something. big is this plant? It's, it's just the smallest thing, right? Because I'm like, if I don't want to, 
Like if I if a small you don't want the plant, plant to die. Yeah, if a small plant dies, that's okay. But if I have a large plant and right. it dies, like it's a slow death. Oh yeah, it's you just, just like w- a leaf falling off, watching and, it wilt. Yeah, it's like, just the saddest thing. Well, but a small plant is just like dead. You don't even day, know. Like I'm good. What was your, what's your longest relationship? Ooh, um, I usually I'm usually at about the two year mark. Right. So. And and then I'll do something to sabotage the whole. Me thing. too. Actually, yeah. two years is re- it, yeah. It's a year to two years. Like th- there's a bunch of year, year, year. And then I was no okay. This most recent one year, year. I don't know if it was one year or two year. Yeah, it's between. It's about a year, which is crazy. That's so interesting. What is it about one year or two years that then makes us start to be like? Ugh. Well, what I, what happens is you can only keep the the act up for so long. Playing it safe. Amen. Right? Amen. And then after a while, you start saying all the things that you really want to say. And But here's the problem. Because you haven't really, because you haven't practiced effective communication and being honest. Um, they're it, like startled. You, yeah, they're startled. And then you kind of vomit out everything. <laughs> right? And it, it's just... And it's 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 ugly. Yeah, I've had that where then the girl will be like, I feel like I don't even know you, and it's like, yeah, Absolutely. because in the fucking beginning, yeah. I'm doing everything. <laughs> You're out of town, you can't find juice. I'm looking up a juice shop, I'm map questing, I'm going on Grubhub. I'm working for you. Every time we go somewhere, I pay for it. I fly you to this thing. I'm doing things I can't. Like it makes no fucking sense. Of course you don't even know me. I would have wanted to date me too. Who the fuck are you? You know, I went on a date. The person you met that came to Vegas, like, took me to dinner and gave me a bunch of like. Um, you know, makeup samples. And I was like, I can't even believe someone's being so like, I couldn't believe that a girl was, it was like weird, you know, it made me like suspicious almost, but that's how it should be. It shouldn't be. That's Lopsided. a more, and that should be a more sustainable thing. I like doing things for someone I'm with, of course, yeah. but after a while, if it's just like expected and part of the thing, you're like, get the fuck out of here. It, well, you know, how yeah. could you be so shocked? I didn't end up wanting to be together. You're t- <laughs> like, you didn't see all the stuff, but you know. But the other part is, is that, and that was my fault too. I should have just said something. You should have said something. And we also, we when we do all these things for other people, we don't often talk about it. We don't talk about right. everything that we did. We we try to act like we did as oh, it was nothing. Absolutely. And no, it's something. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe me. <laughs> no, no, no. I like to do it. <laughs> mayday, mayday, you're being lied to. I, I didn't sleep for three nights. <laughs> yeah. <trying to> plan. <laughs> but that's that's I definitely took out a credit card. Yeah. I took out a loan. <laughs> I was donating blood. Yeah. But that's our fault. It is you know? right. It's our fault. <laughs> my therapist asked me, she's like, Where did you learn this people pleasing from? And I said, That is from my parents. It used to work for me with my parents, but now now it's now I have to scale that all back because it's not sustainable. Right. I like giving someone what they want, too. So I think that it just can get overblown also. Or if you give someone what you want, what they want, but then they also want to take care of you, boom, 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 you're good. You know? Do you have siblings? I have a sister who's 19 months younger, and we're not very close, but I love her very much. And then I have a half-brother, and I don't know exactly how old he is, but we're, all, we're like, really not very close. He lives in Maine. He's really, really smart. Um, I don't really know. I mean, we don't, re- you know, we go on vacation together in December. We go on, like, a family vacation, but I'm not that close with him. Where do you guys go? Bahamas. Every year your family Every year. goes? How many is, so your parents? My dad, your my stepmom, my sister, her husband, me, 
And at this point, it's been me and like a revolving door of who I'm dating <laughs> that year. One, two, <laughs> three, four. It's only been four I've brought down. But they've all kept the same partner. And then it's me. Has anybody gone two years in a row? I don't think so. No. Yeah, it's always. So the person that goes the second year will probably end up being the wife. No, three years. Three years. Yeah, four yeah. years. <laughs> Five, Five years. years. I'm getting nervous as I'm talking about it. 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> my dad you know maybe it's because my dad was with my i don't even know my dad is a math teacher and on his christmas at college but he's pretty retired and on his christmas vacation because they're used to being in maine where it's so fucking cold then they go to this tiny like little place in the islands and then they'll so we'll always try to go and they'll get a place and we just have to fly ourselves out and stay and i'll see my brother at that but other than that, I never talked to him. You know that that's it's incredible that your family's able to get together. You it know, really like is a all, blessing. All the chaos totally. that you grew up with. Yeah. And somehow you have this one thing that you guys yep. are like, "This is our tradition. We're doing this, no matter what." Still going there. Yeah. And then with my mom, we always I always do like a Thanksgiving or do something with her in the summer. I, I'm close with my mom. I see her a lot. Like she definitely is a. I almost think someone said they were like, you might, are you too attached to the idea of your mom? Because my mom is, the idea of her is definitely something that, like I'll tell, I've told her all about anytime I'm depressed, like anything like that. So if anything were to happen to my mom, I think I'd, I got to diversify my support systems because if anything happened to my mom, I'd fucking lose it. So she's a person you call, she's like your lifeline basically. Huh? Oh my God. Yeah. I love my mom. Like if any, I, I want to get her frozen when she dies. Get it, you know those like Walt Disney. They did that. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Get her frozen her the kitchen. I think put her in the, in in the, the living fridge. Room. Like you just open, <laughs> like, you grab a Snapple. Hey, mom, how well, you doing? I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking we could set it up like a fish tank. Oh, but yeah. she'd be in a snowsuit or something. But she'd yeah. be frozen, and then when yeah. we get the technology to bring her back, they zap her, zap her, zap her, bring her back. Why not just like a cardboard cutout? <laughs> <laughs> why, why did we have I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to be really successful to, like be able to, to afford that. <laughs> that shit's going to be so expensive. Super expensive, yeah. I'm going to be living in a dump with my frozen mom. It, yeah, but my in my whole concern is the electric bill. Because then you have shit. to. Shit! Yeah, that's what See, I'm I haven't about. thought this out yeah, yeah, that yeah, much. Now you're damaged. This is a global. I mean, we're dealing with global warming, and, and you want to keep your mom frozen. Thanks. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> part of that's, so that's something I'm gonna. That's true, actually. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, this one area of New York is taking up 20 percent of the electricity of the rest of New York. What's happening?" And it's just like this, like red dot over yeah. my apartment. Like, beep, 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 beep. like, what the fuck is she doing in there? Yeah, you think you have problems dating now? I know. <laughs> yeah, bring some girl over, and this is my mom. Right. My mom said that she's like, "You wouldn't want to do that." And then, like, how would you be in a relationship? I was like, "Oh, I think that the right person is out there." You know, I just got to be ready and, you know, I got to, you only need that one, because I'm not going to want to be in an open relationship, I don't think, so you just need that one person that works. And I think there can be, I think you could have more than a few people that could be the right for you. It's just if you meet at a time that you want to make it work together. Well, I think you said a few things that are super important is, um, you know, finding someone, it's about the timing and you know, uh, that you guys can work together. Yes. But also... Being willing. Diversifying 
your support group because if it's just down to one person, that person can't possibly be everything. Totally. And so I think of, when I think of uh, the right person, I'm always thinking of uh, my team. Mm. Because, like, I got my boys, right? And I know I could call my boys for different things. I call Mike for this, call Brent for that. Right. Lloyd for this, blah, blah, blah. And then I also have my mom and I have my sisters. And I could call each one of them for different things. Right. Right. And so when I'm when I'm thinking about my my girl, I'm like, how does how does she fit within the framework of my team? I think that is exactly one hundred percent right. And I think that you become more aware of that a little bit the older you get. Right. Because the older you get, you're used to having a more diversified team to get those relationship things that you're not necessarily getting from a partner, which I actually think is good because then it's like more diversified. But that and like say you met someone when you were eighteen and then you were married for you know, that that's who you were with the rest of your life, then I think you have less of an emphasis on the rest of your team, even though you right. probably still should. Right. But now, because it's almost like a business venture. It's like, how yes. does the day in and day out work of what we're both trying to do? Yeah, I mean, you can bring somebody in your life for the rest of your life. You 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 want to make sure you recruit uh, accordingly. Yep. Right? Totally. You said um, that, you know, uh, when you in bouts of depression, what are you completely out of that or is that what yeah. where did that start it's weird i mean i started getting depressed when i was in uh and depression really runs in both my mom's family and my dad's family like my, my just da- depression or like manic depression just depression wow my dad's manic depression that's like the mania yeah yeah like yeah when you're spending a lot of money uh hypersexual no we didn't there's none of that and it's interesting i'm very grateful for that because i learned through actually being with a therapist how hard manic depression is to cure. Because if someone's manic, it's not in their best interest in their mind to stop the mania because it's the best feeling in the world. And that's when they're most productive and get a lot of stuff done. So I feel for that so much, and I had never really thought of it like that. And I have two good friends, two of my close friends are bipolar. One of them, he's newly diagnosed, and he's been taking his meds for like two years, and that's one thing. The, The other one has a harder time with it because if she's manic she's not taking her meds as much and you know and I get that like there's been times like even with the skin stuff my acne would go away I stopped taking my meds then it's worse so that's like a microcosm of that but it was always just depression but my dad's sister killed herself and then there's been depression in my mom's family but I think it was maybe like situational when I was a kid but I always was very existential like I was always like what's the meaning of life like you know and then in college, I started seeing being existential not as a depressing thing. Like, it's almost freeing. Like, it's like, we don't know what happens after we die. We only have this moment. Like, that almost was like, so try to be as happy as you can in this moment because you don't know what's going to happen. Not like, oh, my God, what's the meaning of this? It's more like, wow, like, you have to do what works for you and is best for the world, too, because this is just, it goes by so quick. Right. Now, with the, with the stuff, you know, I, I've been on the same antidepressants and ADD medicine for a long time. Where, where it gets in is if I don't stay on top of, and I've gone through things where I drink and overconsume way too much. So then not drinking is like a real opportunity to get to the root of what other stuff is going on. But if depressed now, it really will be if I get really tired, like it sounds cliche, but if I don't do my schedule in a way where I can build in downtime, it does not work. Like, if it's, like, too much stuff and I just don't have built, like, don't say, no, don't, 
don't fill that in. Something will probably pop up, but you got to get rest. If I'm too tired, I start to get really angry and irritable, and it's like, then I will get depressed. I get, I'll get really overwhelmed. But it's, that's different than, like, depression that's, like, despair because that's the worst. And that I haven't had. That I haven't had. The last time I had that was after the last time I drank. So I remember drinking, and then I was like, oh, like, I just felt total, like, just total despair. And then I felt really fucking depressed when I ended things with the therapist. But that's different because it's situational. So, yeah, because can you break that down? So, because I think a lot of people just, they feel bad, and they just go, I'm depressed. Right. And it could be a million other things. It could be a million other things. And they haven't, you know, for like you talked about, despair, overwhelm. So it sounds like uh, when we become overwhelmed and then we don't address it and, and get it taken care of, then that becomes despair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then if you aren't taking care of yourself or you... Like, say I was drinking because I was depressed and overwhelmed. So instead of, like, changing or figuring out the things that were making me depressed and overwhelmed, I would just be drinking. And now you've got a snowball effect because I'm, like, always consuming a depressant. And I'm maybe I'm drinking way too much coffee or way back I used to snort Adderall, like, to kind of, like, get it going. And it's, like, th- now I've created this self-medication cocktail that is going to be totally depressing. But I still think it's different from someone who has, like, a biological... I think the people that have biological depression problems, they are doing everything and they're not consuming the alcohol or the other stuff and then they just naturally get depressed. Then the thing is, people with that often self-medicate with other stuff. So take those things away and then it's like, okay, yeah, I would say I'm... I am... I I think I've always been, especially around like, like you're lucky you don't get a period because your hormones change around that, right. you know? But then men, you have to deal with extra testosterone, and more testosterone can make you angrier, I think. Isn't well, that a thing? Well, so here's what's interesting about testosterone. I'm glad you brought that up, is that um, testosterone actually makes men more empathetic. I didn't know that. So if you, you, know, if you think about it, it's like, well, if my testosterone levels are high, that... That typically means that um, uh, I'm probably gonna my sex drive is gonna be a little higher, right? Right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be become uh, more hunter. Right. Um, so it depends on how you channel that. So some guys uh, will channel that aggressively uh, based on their upbringing and everything behind them, but most guys channel that in in ways where. Uh, Either they send more text messages than usual. Really? Baby, I love you. I want to be around what? you. To become more physical because your your testosterone levels are higher, so you want her more. So now she, she looks sexier. Everything she when she touches you, like you 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 light up in in, in more of a way than because you want to connect more. Because just because you're physiologically like you're just like I'm 43 and I still get random boners hmm. and. They're, they're just times, and I recognize, and I don't, and I haven't. That's interesting because it's not, it's not connected to your time of the month. It's just connected to. Well, th- that's the thing I haven't assessed, right? I haven't. Must I, and be I diet. need to journal it to see what the pattern is. But there are times in a, maybe it might be month or every three months or in a year. I, don't, I haven't figured it out. Or it could be a, a time thing um, where I'm just like, I gotta. Have sex. I gotta, ha- like, every girl is just. It's hot. It doesn't matter what totally. she looks like, what she smells, yep. what she's doing. You need you to just get like pounded. Yeah, yeah, you just want to conquer. And uh, 
And then there are times where like I have zero interest right. in it, right? Uh, but I haven't. I know there's a cycle. I just don't know what the cycle is. But I think that's also like the the um, uh, the misunderstanding. I haven't looked at the science on this, but I I bet you if we looked at it, because there has been some research on men having uh, their time of the month, quote unquote. Interesting. Whatever that might be based Interesting. on, it could be the result of sleep because our hormone levels change. Like nobody's right. chemical makeup stays the same because, but that could change based on your food, exercise, stress, things like right. that. So we're constantly affecting drugs. Because uh, when t- uh, someone who's female to male takes testosterone, mm-hmm. I yeah, I've definitely heard that then they get more like sexual and then, yeah. so I guess it must be a different thing in that case because I think, that, and they break out. Yeah. Acne is a part of yeah. that. Yeah, that's like if you have way too much. Okay. But I think it's linked to aggression because what happens is is that guys who don't know how to talk to women, right, if they don't know how to connect, if they don't have people skills, right, those are the guys who become aggressive. Right. A guy who, who knows how to talk to women, who knows how to be charming, who knows how to be charismatic, he uses that to... You know, attract the mate. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's it's really it's almost like alcohol. Like does alcohol make you more aggressive? No, it just makes you more of where you already were before you started drinking. Sure. Right. Because there have been times where I've I've drank and then uh, become funnier and you know just more relaxed or whatever. Right. And then there are other times where I'll drink and just become more withdrawn and like yep. I don't want. And there are times where like I just want to set the world on fire. You know, have you ever gone through a thing where you've drank too much to deal with depression? Uh, alcohol has rarely been my go to hmm. for that. Uh, it's food. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm like, uh, cake, ice cream, that's, sweets. It that was tough, man, too. I got a friend that? who's got sugar, the food stuff, she, and she's like, it's really tough. And it's I totally tough. get that. I totally get it. Because it's in everything. Sugar's it's in everything. It's in everything. And I will feel that sometimes with I'll have sugar, it triggers something in my brain where instead of even enjoying it, I'm like, more. And I get nervous when it's going to yeah. run out. I go, the, uh, you know, I'm almost at the end of this cookie. How am I going to get more of a cookie? How bad is it going to be <laughs> if I have this? I don't get more of a cookie. Like, I'm not like in the moment of like just enjoying the thing. Yeah. I want more of it. So, and sugar is in everything, and it's it's. Well, here's you know. what I, I just realized this, uh, recently. When I was a kid, there was no shame to it. I remember like being at my uh, family's house for you know different events or holidays, and there'd be like all these baked pies and cookies, mm. and I would literally eat half a pie, and my family'd be like, "Do you want more? Right? You know, uh, did you get enough? Make sure they were like, make sure it was." The message that I received was, make sure you eat enough so that you're not hungry later. Right. And I'm just realizing that that was drilled into my head. And my mom was like, all right, if, you, if, you, if I go, I'm full. All right, don't tell me you're hungry later. Right. And so when you hear that message over and over again, and like I said, there was no shame. Nobody was like, but also part of it was I was extremely active. Right. If you're Super not overweight, yeah. then people aren't going to think right. that, okay, this could be cultivating like a, a coping mechanism with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. You know, I looked healthy uh, and, and every I was a skinny kid. I played basketball right. for like five hours a day. But even that is not healthy. Too Just much. be out there. Right. Five hours. <laughs> Don't know? come in until you want to eat that yeah. pie. And you're like, God <laughs> damn. 
so yeah, food food has been my my go to, and uh, it's a struggle. It's you know, especially food is when, so you know, like tough. You said, when you're off schedule, you're not getting to sleep. Food is so tough because I when I was a kid and I was I was a chubby kid, and I think food was like the first thing. Food is tough because it's food is just like it's just it's so in our face. It's like just so in our face, and it's a part of our culture in terms of. Uh, Celebration. If you want to connect with someone. You want to go on a meeting. Uh, you want to meet the family. To fir- like, and it's rude if right. you don't. People get annoyed with you about not. They go, "Oh, you're not drinking." Okay, but that's quicker and easier to weed out. And the yeah. only people that even really care is if someone has a drinking problem themselves, and they're like, "Oh, you don't drink? What? Oh my god!" But with food in like every culture, it's like, "Oh, if you don't eat this, you don't respect it." It's like a, it's like a breaking bread. Right. So then, if you're like, "No, I'm on a people." Rail on people with a strict diet. Right. You can't be like, oh, I'm a foodaholic, or my 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 dad ate himself to death. Right, like, right, like right. Was yeah, thinking. it's like what? Uh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're telling me, so get that cookie away from me. What? It's tough. Um, so, how have you been? So, because you said you were a chubby kid mm-hmm. and you struggle with depression, what things are you doing to cope with? As, let me first, let me ask you this. Do you have a daily routine? Like, are there things that you have to do every day to kind of? What I try to do is I'll try to go. Oh, now I have gotten like into like exercising. I don't do it every day, but I'll try to box like a couple times a week. So that makes me feel really good. And then I'll try to go to, like, I mean, I'll try to go to some kind of like uh, meeting with other people that don't drink pretty regularly. And then I'm going to therapy once a week. That's new. That just started. Uh, and those are kind of the things I do. I should get better about being like every day at 10, I check in with this person, but then my schedule changes so much. Sometimes I'll have really late shows and then sometimes I won't, or there's sometimes I'll have morning radio and then sometimes, so it like can change a lot. Like, so I'm not waking up at the same time by like any stretch of the schedule. So no, but like my friend Mateo Lane, who's a comic, he is like big on that. Like he'll be like, I get up, I have my oatmeal with my egg and my coffee and I watch the morning news. So, you know, and that's, like, something, and then he likes to go to the gym. So, like, that, just, he's, like, said that regularly, that enough that it's, like, he's, like, that's what, he's, like, I open the blinds, you know, make the bed, whatever it is. And, like, that's kind of what he does. And you can do that anywhere. Anywhere. You know, what I, uh, being here in Vegas, you know, um, I sleep with the blinds open. Mm. And. You know, my brain says close the blinds because there's so much light out here in Vegas. You know, right. just flashing lights everywhere. Especially but, in Leo's room because yeah. it's all windows. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I will open, uh, I keep the blinds open because I want to wake up when the sun wakes me up. Right. And no matter, if, if I go to bed at 2 or 3, that's when I want to wake up because if I close all the blinds, even if I get a full a full nine hours from the time I go to sleep, um, I don't feel good about waking up late. So you'll you'd rather go to say you go to bed at two. You still want to get up at eight. I still I still want to get up. I, I want to get up whenever like the the light from wow. the day wakes me up. And because what I found is I never uh, it doesn't wake even if it's like four or five uh, four or five uh, four or five hours. I don't feel groggy. I don't feel upset. It's it's different if an alarm is waking mm-hmm. you up after you've had little rest is different than if you have this gentle right. light coming through waking you up and then you can kind of lay there for a little bit and then you know kind of start your day but to me it's like if i go to bed late one night 
And then I close the curtains and I wake up at like 11 or 10 the next day. Now I've thrown myself off for the next night. It becomes right. this, you talk totally. about. Totally. Very disorienting. Spiral. Yep. It's a wrap. Right. Because now my eating's going to be off. My workout's going to, like. Right. And I'm going to feel bad about it. And I'm, and then it's I get anxious and it's, it's it becomes this horrible thing. So you'd so rather I, get less sleep but keep it consistent. Absolutely. Yeah. Because at some point then I'll take a nap in that day. Right. To me, it's not hard to get up in the morning. It's But it is hard to keep going all day. At some point in the middle of the day, I have to shut it down right, uh, for a little bit, and then I can continue with the next part of my day. So, yeah, I'm never afraid of waking up early. It's I'm open to trying out different routines, especially for people who's like, you know, my where I am and what city I am in change a lot. Like, I think it is interesting to see, like, what little things people do to then make it so. Because my routine, I'm much more of a night person. I can get much, like, if I'm by myself, like, I've got more of a routine with going to bed, like, Wash up, read, like, it's not a good routine necessarily. Wash up, read, go on my phone, do a couple things, and then read again and then fall asleep. But that's, like, I love that, like, hour and a half wind down in bed. I'm like, yes. But I think probably it is better to, like, push yourself to have something also in the morning where it's, like, this is the first thing. Sometimes I'll get up and do, like, a little to-do list, but that's definitely not, like, centering you know, no, it's. I find it's better stressful. to do it the night before. Yeah, I've done that before too. And then I wake up with like a sense of purpose. Like, right. Yeah, I got to. I get to cross some stuff out, um, or I'll do a to do list after my morning workout. Right. But I can't do a to do list first thing in the morning. That's so you, too like. You do more. You do morning workout every morning. Not every morning. Uh, it depends because I, I have a lot of clients in the morning. Right. So usually I can't work out until after I train my clients. So it usually ends up. Uh, being in the middle of the day. But if I had my druthers, like when I'm here in Vegas, right. I wake up, uh, I might eat some oatmeal or something like that, and then I got to, to me, it's like, how do I get out of this hotel as fast as possible? Right. Because I don't want to breathe in any more of this carbon dioxide. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because they're pumping us full of something in here. pumping us full of something. Right. It's not, you know... I don't know if it's extra oxygen. Something's but going something on, yeah. Where I'm totally. Like, I because as soon as I get outside, I'm like, <gasps> I feel like, yeah. yeah. It's almost like oh, it's almost like you you uh, have uh, risen up out the water. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, okay, this is different. Why? Yep. That's weird. And this casino is better than Comics at Mohegan Sun. Have you ever been in there? No. They're pumping something in there. I, I was there, and I didn't make a point. I was, like, doing work from, like, the business center during the day, and I didn't, like, leave. I felt so screwed up by the time. Like, I have I felt doped out of my mind by the time I was doing the shows at night because it was, like, and someone was, like, yeah, there's, they're pumping oxygen in it. They like to keep people a little woozy so they're gambling more and not thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. So this this place, I don't, I do feel it, but it's not like that. That, I was, like, there's got to be. Someone patrolling how much they're doing in there. You know what I mean? Because it's right. like you're gonked out. Yeah, I'm to the point where I because I live in LA and, and there's so much smog. I'm right. to the point where I'm gonna. I think I should buy an oxygen tank. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to get like some real oxygen. Right. Because that's because in a, can I anyone buy in, a tank? Say it again. Can anyone do that? I in China they're selling oxygen now. Shit. Bags of oxygen. Bags. How, bags. You, how do you get it verified that it's real oxygen? It's just not a bag. I, well, I guess if you don't die after or you God. feel better, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. Like, yeah, you don't know what's and in And you it. just have it with a straw? Just like bottled water. You don't know wow. where that water's coming from. 
I got to get in the oxygen business. The oxygen business is, I'm telling you, is going to be big business. I could see that. I got to go to Maine. How do you hold the oxygen in? That's a great question. I have wow. no idea where you're getting oxygen from. Is this premium oxygen? Or right. Yeah. I want Himalayan mountain, fresh, yeah. organic, no shitty people, oxygen. That's crazy they're doing that in China. It makes sense because of all the pollution. The po- you know? it's, it's, and, and that's one of the things that you know, we overlook in terms of. So in terms of depression, because, and you know, I talked about this in previous podcasts, that a lot of uh, mental health disorders are linked to inflammation. In oh, my God. Yeah, I've been reading about that, too. It's right? so So your interesting. diet, the FODMAP, and, but also uh, air quality, right? allergies, those things can trigger inflammation, give you that brain fog. Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting, too, because also, like, when you, um, when you, a lot of the medicine, like, okay, so Accutane fixes your acne, but it's not going to address the internal issue of if you have inflammation. But so much stuff stems from, like, I was trying cryotherapy for a little bit, and that is good for inflammation. And I did notice, like, it gave me a lot of energy. I don't know if it was a placebo effect, but that was good. And I mean, stress and inflammation, like, there's so many different things that make your body just react, like, So trying to figure out ways to curb inflammation, because that's new. I only remember hearing about that in, like, the last two years. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a crazy. It's like, you know, science has been around so long, and you think, like, oh, this seems obvious. Right. You know, but I think so much science is fueled by drug companies that it becomes a distraction, and then it, it, we, it's slowing down right. the solution to a lot of this stuff, right? You, so have you taken meds? Yeah, I take, I've taken the same meds for a long time. The lowest dose of Zoloft which I need to get refilled because I have been traveling a lot and I haven't, I need to, I haven't taken it in a couple of weeks, which is not good. But low dose of Zoloft, Wellbutrin, and then Vyvanse for ADD. So I've been taking those same three for years. And is that working for you? Or yeah, it's I, been really, I mean, Wellbutrin is great. I, I've been just taking it for so long that like, I'm, I mean, the Vyvanse helps me concentrate. It's not like Adderall. It doesn't give you a high. Um, the Zoloft and the Wellbutrin are pretty like commonly prescribed together. Uh, I was seeing a really good psychiatrist that prescribed them. Um, so I'm like happy with them, but I have to get the Zoloft. I just haven't gotten filled in like a long time. Are there any side effects from those? Not that I've noticed. I mean, they, I took Paxil for a while way back and that made me like really like maybe asexual, but that was a long time ago. Both Zoloft and Wellbutrin, I think have been great. I mean, and there was times where I was like, maybe I should try to up the dosage, but you know, I don't want to do that. So what do you think your depression was linked to? Was it biological? Was it... I think it was probably biological. And then also, like, I was... I mean, when I went... I, the first time I went on meds, it was probably also situational with school. But then I didn't was off them for a while. And then when I went back on, it was like, you know, I just started doing, like, the college circuit. And there was this year where I was just, like, gone all the time doing colleges and like that's fucking depressing doing those like being out in the middle of nowhere for one night like just like it's and you're sucks. driving overnight driving and, flying yeah, to yeah. do one off like that sucks and that's when i started taking well butrin a grin but the thing should have been to me to be like maybe i don't want to do this maybe i should just get a job in the city and then do comedy at night there instead of doing colleges which you just do for the money but like the the price is your fucking your sanity sanity for yeah. sure but well butrin just uh, i mean well butrin helps with people that are, are like impulsive it also helps quit smoking and then uh 
Vyvanse is just for ADD, but it's like the gentlest of the ADD drugs. And then you you had suicidal ideation, definitely, and linked to like what? When the, I had the suicidal ideation, it was most when I had that crazy stepmom movement, where it's like I felt like didn't feel safe, I didn't have like a comfortable place to be. So I guess that was more like depression related. But then suicidal ideation, I've had on and off for years. Not in the past two or three years, but it would just be like, oh, I just want to kill myself. I want to blow my brains out. Like, just picturing a gun and shooting myself seemed like such a relief, you know? Like, if I was, if I build my world up into, like, total chaos and it's unmanageable, then sometimes the easiest out seems just, like, shooting yourself, you know? Yeah, you know, and, I, and that's, I think that's what's so powerful, what you said, is, like, it's not that you wanted to, to take your life. You were more like... I wanted a break. I, you wanted a break. You yep. wanted relief. Right, I wanted relief, exactly. It gets to where it's like, it seems like it's all too much to deal with. So it's like, I should just, I just want to kill myself, you know. But then if you kind of take a step back and I'm like, okay. And it can seem like a lot, but then once you get it cleared out a little bit, you got to be like, what do I need to do to not get back to that point again where I'm at like a breaking point and like everything is way too overwhelming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's like danger zone. I'm like, it's so hard to say no. It's hard to say no, yeah. Because you're like, you don't want to miss out. You're like, oh, this could be an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Even if you go, ah, but the the schedule's going to suck, and I don't know if I want to work with that person, and it could be really stressful. But then you're like, but then social media shows you everybody else hustling hard. Right, right. And, 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 you know, uh, who was it, Mark Wahlberg waking up at 4.30 That motherfucker. (laughs) What is he doing? I don't know. Do you think he's depressed? I mean, he's running for something. (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't know what it is. I, you know, that's a great question. But also, part of his day is he spends like three hours playing golf, so he's de-stressing during that time. Because it's like I saw the thing where it's like wake up, work out, yeah. cryotherapy, eat breakfast, put the kids to school, go play golf, whatever. You know. I, I think uh, people who have like very structured lives like that, they they usually have addictive personalities. Sure. And. That's if the coping. Things, it's a way of coping. If right. things aren't exact, it could spiral them right, out of exactly. control. Right, exactly. And that would be tough to be in a relationship with, too, if someone's that rigid. Absolutely. You know, because it's like we see each other. But also, his schedule couldn't have been like that when he was, like, trying to make it. No, no, and not at all. And, and that's the thing. And I bet you his schedule's not like that every day. Like, right. life doesn't allow you to, like, your right. kid gets sick, your wife this, uh, your Something job happens. that. Like, he's running. So... I, you know, it's like when you see these people talk about here's here's my typical day. It's like no, it's not. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Is it your typical day? Or is it just? Is it your typical day when you're t- when people ask you what your typical day is? Yeah, yeah. So is like that your, your typical ideal, day? Ideal yeah. day. You know what I mean? I saw his. I saw that thing with him, and I actually didn't find that that inspiring when he did that. Like I was like, it was cool, and I was like, good for him. But but also, he goes to bed at like eight o'clock. You know, like that just wouldn't be an option for us right, to go to bed right, at eight right, o'clock. You right, know, right. like that would, it's just a different like world that he like set up for himself. You know, so uh, how do you find relief? Like, because it's surely a good question. the moments where you, so I would say, I'll, I really like in New York, you know, like I'll even, I feel like doing, I would say, like, I love going to do whenever I can do it, like, the Asian body massage places in New York. And I say that the Asian body massage ones are, like, a very, like, specific type of them. Where it's, like, you can just go in. It's, like, $45 for an hour. You don't have to make the appointment. And, like, that, to me, like, I chill out when I'm doing that. And then it's been in the past, like, four or five months, doing the boxing really does give me a relief. Afterwards, I feel like, you know, uh, 
like a, a calm from it. And then also going to therapy is relief. But all those things do feel like work too. So part of when that, like one thing I was thinking recently, like when I wasn't having sex for the four months, I was like, wait, sex is like one of the few things I get to do for fun. Like one of my few things where it's like, yeah, this is fun. That's one of one of that's one of one. So like, to, like sex is like a fun thing to do. Like if you're with someone that you care about, and respect, and are you know maybe want to be in a relationship with, that's like, you can't be like that. Oh, is my thing? I can do it fun. There's another big variable of needing another person in right, it. You right. know, but I would say that that is a way that I'll get relief. Like trying to connect with another person that's not necessarily where it's not about work that helps. I should, I could definitely be like better about trying to build in time to do that. Um, yeah, I guess, so I guess I, it is kind of cliche to say exercise, but man, sometimes things are cliche for a reason because I would hear other people say that and I'd be like, but not for me. And then I, I was saying that before I ever really tried it. It could just be like doing something to get your heart rate up. Jump around a little bit. Dance, get a trampoline. Dance, get a trampoline. Yeah, yeah. yeah, trampolines are great. Like something where then you'll just feel like, a, and do it for like five minutes. Like literally, you'll feel proud of anything. And it might go oh, five minutes. Why even start there? Well, do that. And then the next week is 10. The next month it's right. 20. And Slowly then build. so quick will it. I remember this like screen grab of a memory years ago where I remember doing 10 push ups. And I was like, I bet if I do 10 push ups every day, from here until any other point that I check in, like that would be an amazing thing. And I didn't, but if I did, then I would have done 10 push-ups every day from the day I graduated college. Right. And I remember that being like, if you just do this one little thing every day now, you know. It changes everything. Changes like, you everything. You don't have to do a million things. I think right. that's the problem with self-help books is like they prescribe 10 million right. things. And you're like, I'm having problems with the things I'm already doing. Right. And now you're adding... Are you talking about overwhelmed, then to despair, and you know, it, it, it's. Uh, Are you pro medication or anti medication? I, so me personally, uh, I try to do everything I can not to be on. Right, that. totally fair. So it's not so much about pro or anti. It's like like when I had my neck surgery, I, I did take some uh, uh, painkillers as prescribed uh, for my neck. Mm-hmm. Um, that never got out of control, and I immediately was like, oh, I would never become addicted to these because it's just, I hate the feeling. Like, right. Um, uh, but I, to me, I one thing I am against is giving meds to children. Mm. Um, because yeah. they're still physiologically I agree developing. With you. Their frontal lobe cortex is not, their thinking part of their brain is not developed until they're 25. So to be drugging these kids. I agree, because I was on so many meds when I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't, that's when I was on the Paxil. That's when I was on stuff that, like, that's when I got tested for bipolar and then, like, didn't have it. But while they were testing me, they put me on some version of it. I just had a bad psychiatrist over-medicating me. And the only time meds have actually been, like, something that works is when, you know, I was probably like 27, 28, and I could like articulate what was going on, be more aware, have it be something that builds that I work with another adult on. Of course, there's like can be exceptions to it, but by and large, taking meds in like eighth grade definitely was not a productive thing for me, I don't think. No. <laughs> you know? Um, last question. Yes, anything. The <laughs> I literally, nothing's I off limits. I know, I know. The, um, 
you know, there's there are people who are listening who are, um, you know, might be on a precipice of, of, yeah. of taking their life. Uh, before you kill yourself, what, what would you say to them? Okay, so I have had... Um, I got a couple things. So there's this, the very first, I'll tell you first, the very first thing that comes to mind, and it's kind of weird, but it's just like 100% the very first thing. So I used to have this con- deal with myself where, and I remember it came up in like, I remember being in Puerto Rico. I had been there with my sister and then she had to leave earlier. And I was like drinking a lot at that time, but I wasn't like, definitely didn't think I had a drinking problem. I just, cause I was kind of just out of college where I've been drinking a lot, but you know, and you're on vacation. Okay. Day drinking is no big deal. I'm on vacation, whatever. And I remember drinking some rum. And then I remember making a deal with myself before I get really, really depressed. And before I'm going to like go into like kill myself, I have to agree to watch this one stand up video, video of Cat Williams doing this joke, poor little tink tink, which I thought was like the funniest joke. It's about him, uh, talking about this guy who's running a foot race with no feet and he wins the race and he it's just like a funny like three minute joke so it's like before and this is I had no desire being a, I wasn't doing comedy then but it was like before you kill yourself you have to watch this and then if you still want to kill yourself afterwards fucking knock yourself out <laughs> literally but watch this first isn't that weird but it's it's it, but it's 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 a reminder of take a how, minute how fragile it is right. It's like, yeah. on one hand, complete it. On the other hand, I'm alive because I watched it. Poor little Tink Tink. Is, which, I will, does, which I will link It in really the show does notes. sound funny uh, when you we'll, say that. Uh, we'll, we'll link it in and, the then, and then the other thing is, is like, you know, the, it's different for everybody, but you can never underestimate the amount that depression and like also then affects your thinking because it's like when you're in it, the things that, like I remember there was a time where I was like really feeling overwhelmed and I was overwhelmed by life and the relationship I was in and feeling like I wasn't me- matching up with the person's expectations and I was getting like more and, and that wasn't even on her. It was more on me not knowing how to communicate my need, like all this stuff. So overwhelmed by it that then something little happened and I couldn't, it's, I remember cause I was listening back to a podcast cause it was like, I, I like messed up something in my calendar and I'm on the podcast going, I'm so stressed cause I messed up something in my calendar and my friend was like, it's really not that big a deal. But at the time, I couldn't see past. To me, it was I had messed this thing up. And how could I do this? And da-da-da. And I screwed up this. And then I was listening back to it when I wasn't in that place. And I was like, what am I talking about? Like, I had made this, this thing seem like it was this big, insurmountable, huge thing when really it really wasn't that. It was I had, like, other stuff going on that I, I couldn't see in that depressed moment. So just know that you're – you. Feelings aren't facts. So my feeling of I screwed up this calendar and it's the biggest thing in the world. It'll never work out. That's not a fact. Like the fact is I can fucking fix my Google calendar. You know, my I, I had my email got hacked a while back. And the fact is I'll figure it out. It sucked. Everything felt totally out of control. But I wasn't in a depressed state when the email, excuse me, email got hacked. So I was able to handle it better. So if you're like on the edge, just know that you can't, you can't trust yourself necessarily. So you need to take a step back and get around in some environment where you're not going to do self harm because yourself will actually come in later on. But like, if you're really that close to it, then, you know, you're kind of, I at least feel would had felt in the past, almost like hijacked where it's like, I'm going to do this destructive thing. I'm going to do this destructive thing. And then if you just take a minute, you know, reach out to somebody about it 
And if you feel like you're like, I've got no one in my life that I can reach out to for whatever reason, go online. You, there's somebody. Plenty of, you know. of hotlines and people you can text and right. chats and things like that, that to address that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. thank that you, Leo. Really that was powerful. fun. Thank you. Now, where can people find you? I keep everything on my website at emmacomedy.com. And then if you say hi on Instagram, I fucking love Instagram. I DM back. I like Instagram. Don't do Twitter, Facebook, fine. Instagram. I'm, I'm addicted to Instagram. I'm checking Instagram all day, every day. And then you have two podcasts? I've got two podcasts, Inside the Closet with Mateo Lane and then Secret Keepers Club with Carly Aquilino. Fantastic. Thanks, Thank you Leo. Once again, and thank you guys for tuning in. Peace.